and, and we just invite God to be with us in this, in this conversation. But, uh, but we want to make a couple things clear. Um, and the first thing is that your emotions are okay. Uh, we know that there's a lot of, of anxiety right now. There's a lot of fear. Fear is okay. It's a part of life. But the encouragement is that it, it need not control us. Stress is okay. It's a part of life. But it, it can actually draw us toward God and not away from God and, and into our own uh, paralysis. So, uh, so just, just rest in that for a moment, all right, as we, as we kind of move into things. Um, we're going to give you just some practical updates. So we told you about the fact, obviously, we're <clears throat> doing the digital thing this week. The plan is that next week, the, at, at the very least, the building is still not going to be available. So we're going to still come together at 1030 next week on Zoom for common prayer and a little update, but the way that we're going to kind of do some teaching and a message is through podcast. So we'll have a podcast that'll be released on Sunday morning, and then you can listen to that right away during the normal hour that you would normally be meeting with us, or you can um, do it when your kids are taking naps or when you're on a commute or whatever the case might be uh, for you. So you can listen to it anytime. But, um, and during these weeks, our meal communities, they're going to be choosing on their own how to respond and what's appropriate. Some of them are very different sizes. Um, so they're very much smaller groups. Some of them are only a few people. And so, so they have the freedom to decide how they want to engage and interact. All right. So, um, so just from a psychological level, there's a lot of, of fear and anxiety occurring right now among the what ifs that come into our mind. And uh, when the what ifs come into our mind, that fires up this, this part of our brain called the amygdala. Um, and that's where the fight, the fight or flight mechanism comes in. It's not where rational thought comes from. So it's not helpful to constantly be looking at, well, what if this happens and what if this happens and what if this happens when we don't know what's going to unfold over the coming weeks. Okay. And so, um, so when we have that time of kind of fearful avoidance of problems or aggressive resistance, which are the two ways that people tend to respond to things, either total fear and paralysis or kind of fight back. Um, the way of Jesus we often talk about involves a third way. And that third way usually involves trusting God and seeing other people in God's image. Uh, we're taught that because every single human being has been made in the image of God, they're to be treated as such. And so we're taught that even when the world prioritizes self-protection at all costs and lives uh, in constant fear of death, we've actually been set free from the power of death by the love of God. And we are now able to spend our lives for the sake of others and not ourselves. And we're taught that the outsiders and the ones who are ceremonially unclean in Jewish culture, Jesus didn't see as outsiders, but as recipients of grace, worthy, and love and care, worthy of love and care. Now, that doesn't mean that we go out and touch all these people that are sick. That's the unique part about all of this. Um, the, the idea that love and compassion are foundational in a relationship with God is what has to be driving us in these minutes and these weeks right now. Um, this whole coronavirus thing is unprecedented in our lifetimes. And, uh, and already we're seeing things that haven't ever happened before. Kids have never had school closed for two weeks for any reason. Um, so so with, with something like this, we don't know how widespread COVID-19 is gonna become or how it will affect our lives, but we know it's already affecting us, right? Um, for many of you, there's fear and anxiety like you have not experienced before. On a national level, there's fear and anxiety that I've never seen um, this high. 
And there's this entire preoccupation with this virus that's filling every minute, every moment of our news, every moment of our lives. Um, and, and what's worse, and this is where I, I wanna just sit for a minute, there's a subtle growing suspicion that what you are primarily is nothing more than a risk of infection to me. So the way that we are viewing each other right now in our culture is beginning to change. Again, that doesn't mean that we don't love each other and care for each other by allowing for social safe distance, but the way that we look at one another right now is very quickly shifting to suspicion on a whole scale. I see somebody on the street and I wonder, are you going to infect me? And so that, that way of looking at someone is not gonna be helpful for our spiritual well-being, and it's not gonna be helpful in the calling to love our neighbors. So this is where we've gotta be radically different and very careful. The moment my primary viewpoint of the person next to me becomes suspicion, I've lost the ability to love well. Uh, so, so let's practice the social distancing to slow down the spread of the coronavirus and so that our healthcare system can, can keep up. And yes, obviously, let's wash hands and refrain from contact for a while and do all the things that we need to do to be responsible. Um, but let us not start looking at one another through the eyes of suspicion and selfishness. Let's not become people of fear over people of compassion. Let's not run from those in need rather than care for them. Now, here's the thing. It's going to require like radical creativity on our part. We might need to figure out how to creatively share life without gathering as a church for a while. I don't know. We might have to figure out how to care for each other when we get sick without actually coming inside homes. So we have to be creative in a new level um, in a variety of ways, but we can do this without giving into the culture of hysteria and fear that's surrounding us, okay? Uh, it's okay to be afraid. It does not mean that you do not have faith. But when Jesus speaks words of comfort to not be afraid, it's a reassurance over and over again, not a harsh command. When he tells his disciples, don't fear, he's saying that to help them understand that, that there's something bigger than their fear, not to chastise them over and over again, all right? Certain people are far more susceptible to the major consequences of infection right now. Um, that's, that's scary, okay? It's okay to talk about that. However, we can't let it paralyze us and we can't let it stop us from being able to love and trust God, all right? Um, disciples of Jesus have always been courageously compassionate. That's what they've been known for for generations. So this is our chance to join with kind of the best of our spiritual ancestors. When the plagues happened, um, Christians were the people of marked compassion that, that moved to care for the suffering and contributed actually to the rise of Christianity. During the plague of the fourth century, there was this guy named Eusebius. He was a bishop and a historian of the early church. And he wrote this, he said, all day long, some of the Christians tended to the dying and to their burial countless numbers with no one to care for them. Others gathered all the, um, from all the parts of the city, a multitude of those who were withered from famine and they distributed bread to them all. Eusebius goes on to state that because of their compassion in the midst of the plague, the Christians' deeds were on everyone's lips and they glorified the God of the Christians. Such actions convinced them that they, were, they alone were pious and, and reverent to God. So a few decades later, this guy named uh, Julian, the apostate who resisted Christianity, he actually recognized that the Christian practice of compassion was one of the most transformative movements in the entire region. And it, and it helped um, the Christian faith take root. Now, those actions are not the specific actions or what's needed now, but the attitude is the willingness to care. So people are already gripped with fear. They're overburdened with schedule changes and childcare needs and wondering how to navigate the news 
and the physical changes that are, that are being forced into their life rhythms. This is your chance, friends, to reveal Jesus. This is your chance to show a faith that transforms through the grace of God, one who would be fearful to one who can proclaim that I am loved, I'm free, I'm not a slave to fear. We can do this through our actions, through prayer, and through loving acts of service. This is our identity, okay? This is who we are. Your neighbor needs to hear that you are maintaining the attitude of a person of love. So don't panic. Don't see the person next to you with suspicion. I want you to, to take away two things from this morning. Um, the first is that I want to challenge all of us to be courageously and creatively compassionate. All right? So given the nature of coronavirus, it's going to take both courage and creativity to show compassion. All right? But we can do it. Um, God will give us wisdom if we ask for it to figure out how to do that. Sabrina shared something. Sabrina's in, in um, Colorado right now, so she wasn't able to have the same... Um, to be to be on here in the same way, but she she is on the uh, on the call. But she shared something really helpful with Dwayne and I earlier. She said most of the precautions that we're currently taking are not because many of us are afraid to get sick, but because it could cause others to catch it from us and do a lot of damage. Right? Uh, be encouraged to use this time to be contagious in the opposite direction. She said, when we share our healing attitudes our prayers, respect for others. We have no idea what that could later develop into, right? It often feels invisible right now, like this whole coronavirus thing for most of us. But if we choose to keep our eyes and actions on Jesus, God will grow it into something beautiful and surprising in a world that is desperately in need of love and hope and good news right now. All right? So we need to remember that we've been given this, this gift that no woman, no man, no virus can take away from us. That is the gift of God's love and grace, and life together, all right? So, so let's live up to that gift. Praise God that he's not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and discipline that's in 2 Timothy. And let us deeply commit to loving our neighbors. So that means loving our older, more vulnerable, immune system compromised neighbors as ourselves, all right? If we need to step into a few rhythms that inconvenience us for the sake of loving those around us, then that's what we do. Philippians 2.4 talks about we, we don't only look to our own interests, but to the interests of others with the same attitude of Jesus. So stay connected digitally with people. Find out ways that you can help. Offer to creatively support the nurses and the doctors around you. Shop for people who might have higher levels of risk and drop stuff off on their front steps, okay? Um, Right now, the reality of loving our neighbors is probably going to mean that you're home a lot. <laughs> All right. So the second thing, in addition to the compassion, is I want to encourage you to redeem the time that you're home. Uh, in just a minute, Dwayne's going to lead us through just a simple scripture um, to focus our minds on. But, uh, but I want to read a poem before that. Um, and this is, uh, this is an encouragement. It's written by Lynn Unger earlier this week. Um, it's called Pandemic. And, uh, and it's a poem to embrace the time at home as redemptive and important in your own spiritual walk. So let me read this for us. Um, what if you thought of it as the Jews consider the Sabbath, the most sacred of times? Cease from travel, cease from buying and selling. Give up just for now on trying to make the world different than it is. Sing, pray. Touch only those to whom you commit your life. Center down. And when your body has become still, reach out with your heart. Know that we are connected in ways that are terrifying and beautiful. 
you can hardly deny it now. Know that our lives are in one another's hands. Surely that has become clear. Do not reach out your hands. Reach out your heart. Reach out your words. Reach out all the tendrils of compassion that move invisibly where we cannot touch. Promise this world your love, for better or for worse, in sickness and in health, so long as we all shall live. So take the time to become more compassionate, more grounded, more at peace, because you've been given this break in the world right now. Um, and, uh, and allow that space to actually draw you toward God. Uh, you can breathe in deeply. It's okay. We are going to care for each other, no matter what happens here and, uh, and into the future. So 